And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Makes it a two-point game. There's your mismatch right here. Now it's Luca. Deep three on Luca Magic! Welcome to 77 Minutes in Heaven, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Tim Cato. I write about the Mavericks. We've got Dave Dufour. Yo. What up, Dave? In the house. In the house. We've got a weird episode. I, it's I'm, not weird. No, 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 no. I'm saying weird because I want it. I'm, I'm projecting. <laughs> I'm forecasting. I want this to be weird. Well, you don't right. understand. So we're recording... Post game after the the Celtics game after the Celtics yeah uh, so second night of a back to back for all of us indeed um, we're recording in person um, safely of course with with gigantic cables on our uh, XLR microphones so so we got we got two guests and, and, that, we, that, and that, that, is, guests. that is the key here well we're, but also no no the most important Ooh. thing the most important thing Tim is I'm here in person I get to look at you without See, without there's no zoom in the way. There's no, there's no iMac. I just get to see it's me and Tim uninterrupted. Dear Nothing listener, I would argue this is the least important thing. <laughs> in fact, a thing that I, I, I do not want. No, we're, look, we're here. I, I'm just, I'm just trying to say that Dave's stare. Cold, people already scary. thought, you know, people already thought Terrified. we were recording together in person, <laughs> right? Because, because we come across like we just naturally hate each other. A hate that comes only when you like are around people. All Only the time. when you actually hate each other naturally. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> introduce the guests. You're the well. Host. Honestly, I'm gonna let them do it. Like, why are you guys on Doyle? You invited me on, so therefore I'm here. <laughs> I mean, that all is right. the best answer. Uh, what do you do? So I also cover the Mavericks, not as exclusively as you do, <laughs> Tim. Uh, I've also known Dave here for a while at Summer League over the years when that was a thing the NBA was doing. And uh, yeah, so I was at the game and there was a lot of... Um, well, nothing, a lot big of happened. nothing big happened at the game. Like, we're not talking about the game. Uh, a little bit, but but yes. But, but to be clear, for where? Forbes... For Mavs Moneyball? That's correct. For Forbes and Mavs Moneyball. And then uh, no one really will actually care about any of the writing I do about the city of Dallas. Oh, no, no. See, this is the stuff that I followed Doyle for. I know more about Dallas city planning than any other city because I followed Doyle on Twitter. Well, it's the city that needs the most city planning. So that's (laughs) not a big shock. All right. Austin. Austin Gurria. Hello. Uh, longtime friends of uh, the podcast that I've made, produced, been on, will know Austin. Birthed? Birthed. I don't ever want to birth a podcast. That we, sounds painful. You essentially did. Okay. but So so what's your history? You're not actively uh, in sports media, but you do have a history here. I have a history. I was previously on the illustrious Mavs Moneyball staff with you. Oh, um, you're going to say the illustrious Mavs Moneyball pod. Uh, also, the Mavs Moneyball pod that now Kirk Henderson runs, and he's doing an immaculate job. 
Um, For the record, I, I love Kirk. I, I also love Kirk. It's it's a uh, Mass Moneyball After Dark. Is and that is, what, wait really? Yeah, that's the name of it. And I it's, thought Fred no, Katz it's, it's, owned After Dark. It's Kirk Your Enthusiasm. Now Kirk Your Enthusiasm okay. is the best name. That that's what it ought yeah. to be because Kirk it's is both, ubiquitous. Right? Am I wrong he about is. this? One of right? them has Josh, and the other one is just Kirk. I believe. Oh, oh, the solo Kirk is Kirk Your Enthusiasm. Right. The other Kirk's one is keyboard is going to get retired. Yeah, we're gonna hang it in the rafters. Yeah, right. Like, that's absolutely. Yeah. An all-time poster. It's going to be Kirk. It's Davitsky Way. And Kirk Avenue. Serious That's face. That's the goal. I'm, yeah. con- I'm convinced that Carl has a binder of Kirk's tweets in his office that he refers to. Are we sure every game. it's not going to be Kirk Road Rage? Oh, God. Ooh, oh, gosh. That's, no. Kirk, That's, I love that's you. terrible and like, great. I love you. All right. As Kirk, Kirk has not been on a pod yet. And it's a, it's a shame, actually. <laughs> and I think it, Kirk is I think, ducking. I think Austin Kirk tells is, the story best. Kirk is ducking Go. us, I think. When, when we were at Mavs Moneyball and we initially started the podcast, there was a running bit on the staff and that Kirk had not been on a podcast going for almost a year. And so we finally arranged it and me and Tim recorded an hour long podcast with Kirk. Like way longer than way, usual just, ones. Yeah, that I we just saw a really long in depth podcast. It was like the best podcast we've ever recorded. It was so good. And then we ended the call and Tim said, I forgot hit to re- hit record. <laughs> Honestly, okay. it was my subconscious coming you know, in, making it realize that the people didn't really need that I, much. I of will Kirk. tell you, I, I've been, I've been there. <laughs> not, not, I've never not hit record, but I certainly have had the recording app freeze or or whatever. So the worst. It's it's awful. Yeah. And I, you know what I did? I once I once recorded a forty five minute podcast that the recording failed on. Oh no! And we just ran it back. And it was amazing. Beautiful. It was a, it was the best podcast I've ever done, probably. Wow! Because we incredible. cut we cut so much stuff. So we you probably were better off for not having it. Because most podcasts are bad. Let's just be honest. Well, we're not going to do one. that. We're not going to do that tonight. Yeah, definitely this is not the, this. We've one. never I'm, had a I'm bad promising podcast. We're not going to do that tonight. In fact, I want to go straight to Doyle. Um, I did not. I was not in the building. I was not in the American Airlines Center for this game. I stayed home and watched it on my television. Doyle, you were. I was. And there were two step back threes. Not one. Not from, two. From well, either two. side of the court, too. Yeah. Like, above the break, either side of the court. I mean, you know, we were talking before this. Yeah, the Mavericks blew a lead. Horribly. Like, they they almost let the Marvs win that game. And it would it would have been pretty bad. Famously, the Marvs. Yes. that then That's the, the first bad tier of ratings for the Mavericks. I mean, but they're down two starters. The, right, yeah, they are, but they were up what twelve at one point. 12. Yeah, 12. Kim, then then Kimba comes back and trades buckets with Brunson, and then Luca just, I believe, what thirty three seconds left. He hits that first one. Uh, from where I was sitting, it was from the left side uh, of the top of the three. Insane crowd goes wild. There is a crowd there. It's like. I don't know. 3,300 fans. 3,300, yeah. It's, Which feels like too many. Yeah, but. it still really does. It's like... A lot of them are vaccinated, to be fair. Oh, but, right. Essential yeah. workers. And, and is, I mean, that's a... I guess that's a cool thing to do. We, we, don't, we don't have time to stop down here. Right. But, uh, but yeah. Well, we'll y- y'all, y'all can make your own judgments on this. I, I do think it's, it does matter. It is important that a lot of them are vaccinated. Uh, keep going, Doyle. Right. Um, it's, just, it's just kind of a weird vibe after, you know, a year without people 
Absolutely. Watching sports highlights in 2021, like on YouTube, old sports highlights with fans. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Just, I don't like it. So Luca hits this shot. Good Lord. Like, place goes bonkers. Even the piped in like noise that they do for all the games. Oh, it was hype. insane. It was hype. It on was the broadcast. It was, it was hype as fuck. Like, and then, you know, uh, here come the Celtics. They, they run it back. Oh gosh. And then boom, Luca does it again from the other side on my right from where I'm looking just like and with point one left on the clock game over. They put in like taco fall, which love seeing him in the game. Like, let's just be real. So, so I want to, I want to get both of you guys broader opinions about the season at large. Uh, we have to stop down just just for a moment longer. The one thing about being there in person, and Dave, I want you to to kind of to riff off this. Yeah, this was my first game is, uh, is, last is, night. Yeah, is that the crowd noise with the what whether the fans should be there or not? They, up to this point, I have not had an actual moment where the crowds, like the the people themselves in the arena, have overpowered the crowd noise. It's awful. Do, do you feel like it actually happened in that moment? No. Okay. No, they no. Uh, the crowd was going wild that second Luca three. Absolutely, right. like just the people that were sitting, like you know, in that section in front of uh, where the media gets to sit. Uh, they were going absolutely crazy. Like I could see, like this one dude just like like grabbing onto his like girlfriend's shoulder, like living and dying with every Luca thing that happened on the court, and like you know, I hadn't seen that in a long time. It, it's, it was kind of refreshing to see. But no, no way. Those speakers in that building are so loud. Like, it is an overpowering sensation. They kind of tuned it down there for a little bit before they started letting fans in, but I feel like it's back up to full volume. Now, okay. Now, you watch the game on mute, right? Absolutely. All right. Okay. See, now I'm a mute watcher. Uh, how'd you feel about that 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 first three? The first, th- uh, the first three, to be quite honest... I was like, this is a terrible possession. The possession was so bad. The entire possession, they tried to get like three or four different things and they got it bailed didn't out. work. And then Luca himself tried to get three or four different things, got a switch, and I was like, this is a, a terrible shot. But that that final minute is really why um, you live with Luca being a 32% three-point shooter. Well, he's not, though. Right? Yeah, that's like, that's the thing. Like people, that's that's people, that's like the bad faith argument about people saying, "Oh, Giannis shoots thirty percent from three, and Luca shoots thirty one percent from three. What's the difference between the two? The difference is tonight's difference. game. Yeah, I'll tell you the difference. They guard Luca. Yeah, they guard right? Luca. Everyone's scared. Everyone's terrified when he has yeah. the ball and, and he's, he's behind the arc. And he's shooting. He, like he could shoot twenty percent, but as long as they start, guard, as, as long as they keep guarding him, yeah. he's doing his job. Um, making shots is good though. And I think it's yeah. important that like the the biggest takeaway I have for the Mavs in this game is they were able to win a game and and Boston sucks. They're, Just they throwing that out there. They got <laughs> issues. We're talking about the city, not the team, right? Well, no, oh, I both, will, actually both? No, okay. you won't no, get no, no, an no. argument I, either way. From I will me. not disparage the city of Boston. Is beautiful. I I love it. It's one of my favorite. It's a, one of the most walkable cities in America. I love it there. The food true. is excellent. The booze are cheap. Uh, the people. Hey, they shout me down when they see me in public. That's all I care about. They love Dave in Boston. But the team is bad. And they don't have Marcus Smart. And and he's probably their third best player. And they've fallen apart without him. So to win a game against Boston is great, especially being down two starters. But it's still like they're not that good. 
So you want a game? You want a game against a team that's probably evenly matched with you? I was bugged by blowing the twelve point lead, and I'm bugged by the fact that this team continuously is just bailed out by Luca. You you need guys, and and Tim Hardaway Jr. is the only person that I think is exempt from this because he's been their second best player all season. He's been consistent. You can run second units now with him and Jalen Brunson, who is awesome. He also deserves that conversation. Absolutely, but, and, and we'll talk yeah. about that. Okay, but but I think that my big takeaway is yet again this team doesn't have someone else to be able to step up, and it has been an issue all year. And yet again, maybe we kind of throw this one out, and I, I can't be too upset with the the team generally about Luca having to bail him out because stars need to bail you out when you're down starters. That's your job, Luca. You don't have. Uh, uh, Maxi, you don't have Kristaps. It's going to be a lot of you tonight. That's that. That's how the NBA works. But you need the role players to be able to step up on the nights when those guys aren't out there. And honestly, there are going to be nights where everyone but Luca doesn't have it. And so you need guys to be able to rotate through that. Hey, it's my turn. And they just don't have. The, I, I don't think they have the bodies to uh, or the talent to do it. They have a couple of guys who are able to step up in moments here and there. But overall, who do you trust on this team? I trust Luca. I trust Tim Hardaway. I trust Jalen Brunson. I trust Maxi Kleba. Do I you th- trust anybody else? I think what, what you're saying implicitly is that the Mavericks don't have a legitimate second star. If you don't, if you don't trust Chris Porzingis, then that's... That's really what you're saying I'm at that point. I'm not calling around asking for trades. You're not. You you don't have to call around and ask for trades. But at the end of the day, if Chris Stapps is he's a max five year max player. He is a former All Star. He's here to hit shots. And we saw him. We we saw him as a top twenty player for yeah. about a month and a half last year. He's he was a he was one of the best players in the bubble. But he just. His injuries, he just hasn't been able to produce at a high level, at a cons- at a consistent level. And so, when you're looking at the rest of the roster, the rest of the roster is built around Luca being a first team All NBA player, and it's also built around Kristaps Porzingis being at least a third team All NBA player, if not that on, on not that second team. He's that that is. Would that you rather is, have Jalen Brown than than Kristaps Porzingis? Yeah. I mean, yes. If you if you offered that trade to me. Right now, immediately, I would say yes. Yeah, because Jim, Jim Brown has a higher director. Jim Brown has been a, an amazing basketball player this year. And he would give them something that they really don't have. And quite honestly, when you watch the Mavericks and these last two games, it's not a fluke that their defense has been better. It's not, it's not a fluke. They, they, it's not a fluke that also... Their defense was better before he came back. It, it's not a fluke that Dwight Powell played the entire first half and then Willie Cauley-Stein played in the second half and their defense was better. The numbers don't lie. Like If you, if you look at Willie Cauley-Stein's plus-minus... His net rating, he's in all the best lineups. It doesn't matter that he does four things a game that make Lu- uh, Carlisle want to lose his mind and retire from basketball. They're better when he plays. Rajon and- Rondo drove Rick Carlisle nuts. Okay, so, yeah, okay, so but Rondo was bad, and I get it. Okay, I get it. But okay, I'm just there's saying, a difference here. Rondo was bad. I understand, but but I I mean, I and I I, I totally sympathize as someone who's coached people how to, how to play basketball when guys make mistakes, that it can be frustrating. And I do think Willie Cauley-Stein is great at 12 minutes a game, right? But he's great at 12 minutes a game. And so I think you have to like, 
if the 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 idea is do we extend him to 16 18 or you got do we 24 play, tonight right or do we play Dwight Powell I think I'd rather play Willie Colley Stein obviously tonight missing two bigs is a little bit of a different story and and he's got to pull more time but I think under normal circumstances man why can't he be your 16 minute a game guy uh, who gives you that energy off the bench and, and you don't have to depend on a guy who's probably not an NBA rotation player. So so this is like this is exactly what we've talked about a lot is that the team is just not deep enough is is less the deep than we thought. We we expected we viewed this team as going 9 10 11 deep. We're like James Johnson is he so good that he's going to get rotation minutes and maybe he, he like maybe he isn't. Maybe like this is not even like there's not even time for him, and I, I think that that has been one realization. So before I, I do want to move on to Porzingis at large and, and some of the things you guys were saying, uh, I'm curious, Doyle, as someone like you, you cover the team as directly as you do, uh, is this a, like kind of a realization that that this team really only runs nine or ten deep, even when they're fully healthy, because they've been fully healthy. You know, this this was an aberration. They had two starters out. But they've been fully healthy, even the games leading up to this, up before you know things got postponed for a winter apocalypse in Dallas, and and I just didn't feel like the team was deep. I felt like they had eight players they could rely on, and some of those players were players that, like Austin, like you were saying, Dave, that they didn't fully trust, like like Porzingis. And again, we'll, we'll circle back to that. But even even just the depth of the team as a rotation. But this is, is right? why I was lower on them coming into the season. Right. And like it's been it's been interesting to see because Rick was messing around with lineups as he does at the start of the season. Porzingis was out, and so you're seeing a one do, you're seeing green, you're seeing you're seeing even the two uh the two way guys in the in the lineup. It was interesting and like quirky, maybe not working so much, but I enjoyed seeing the depth of the team and seeing what maybe was there. And they have completely shortened the lineup so bad. It's it's like it's like when you have a substitute teacher and it's fun for a day. And then it's like, oh, he's here for a second day. That's that's kind of fun. And then you get the third day with the substitute, and you get the fourth. You're like, what are we doing here? Like, just just give me the just give me the key characters back. Come on. It's something I've talked about with a lot of people, um, just generally. I feel like everyone is like our expectations are just too high for where this team ought to be. Like Luka Doncic is 21 years old. This is year three. Right. I, and, and we talked about this a little bit. I think this is the year that should have been what last year was where they, all right, there's a six seed, there's a seven seed, something like that. They've taken a step back from last year, but I think overall the plan is still on. You're still on pace. This is a team that should be thinking about conference finals two years, three years from now, championship four years, five years from now, because it just takes that long to acquire those assets. And Christoph Porzingis is probably just never going to be healthy enough to be the guy to make an impact that the, the impact you need. One guy doesn't get it done. Even LeBron James has to get Anthony Davis to, to L.A., or someone else, right? It, like it's just the league is too talented, and so you need to try to stack the deck. You've got a top five guy like Luka Doncic is a no doubt tier one, tier one A guy. 
You can win a championship with Luka Doncic. Like we're looking at what he does, the way he he sets the pace, the way he runs everything. But but so so, is so that is, that that is a very romantic idea to have, and and I don't I don't blame you. They did overachieve last year, and they should have been even better. And there's there's no reason that everybody you know the the rest of the team, the rest of the league shouldn't have the same expectations. Um, and I think a lot of it just does circle back to Brazingas. Where is Brazingas at? What what is his like like this is the week to talk about Brazingas. Right, well, this is I where mean, Brazingas listen, is at. There there are and, trade rumors right out there um, as you've reported on uh, uh, Jake Fisher. Uh, Jake, Jake, yeah, Jake Fisher with with uh, Bleacher, Bleacher Report, Report was was the guy who yep. broke the rumors. He's someone I I know a, a friend of mine. I trust him as a reporter. Uh, I, I didn't really add anything to it. Uh, yeah. I, I did get Cuban denying it. But, but, but again, you know, Cuban's not going to say anything else. Let me just, like, just clearly, and, and we're all adults, and, and when NBA teams choose, choose to treat us like we aren't, it, it can be certainly insulting. Um, I don't care what the Mavs say. They should be shopping Porzingis. And not it's not because Porzingis is bad. It's just because there are better players than Porzingis out there. And, and your goal as an NBA team is to put the best guys on the court that you can. You're telling me you can't find a better partner for Luka Doncic, the like a generational talent uh, of the level of LeBron James. Like this is a guy like he is the next 20 years of basketball. And you're telling me you can't do better than Christoph Porzingis? Of course you can. There are better players in the league. There are better players in the building tonight. Right? So they should be shopping him. Nobody's untouchable on this team but Luca. I would say that obviously they're they're well within their rights to be gauging the interest on KP. But any good general manager, this is not the time to trade KP. This is, it would be dumb to trade it's KP. Distressed asset. Yeah, it's a distressed asset. You need to if you were gonna trade KP, you should have traded KP last spring or in the bubble, like when he was playing at an at an all NBA level. He was honestly down the stretch last year, he was great. And there were some games where they played without Luka, and the team, honestly, the offense hummed better, and it, they moved the ball better when he played. That and version he was, of Porzingis with, with Jalen Brunson healthy? Yeah, was great. It's, I mean, think about the lineup versatility that they have, the balance that they would have. I mean, they're now run, they have a second unit that, that is run by Brunson and Hardaway with no, no Porzingis, no Luka Doncic. You could, if Porzingis was at the level he was at last January, February, yeah, that would be just be putting up ridiculous offensive numbers right now. And and so when you think about what Porzingis was last season, the peaks he hit, and you think about the idea that yes, in a in a vacuum, if they had wanted to trade him, that's when they would have done it. That's the moment where you're like, no, like like that 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 that. that that is ringing like suspicion, like alarm bells. Like why would it, a, why would the Mavericks come to a, another team when Porzingis is playing as well as he was one year after trading for him and say, Hey, are you interested in this player? And so when Porzingis is described as untouchable, I, I think I just want to, I want to dial down on that point that he is untouchable in the sense that you would never admit a mistake and say, we actually don't trust this player who is playing great for us one year after we traded for him. And want to get rid of him. Yeah. You don't want to trade in a car. You just like paid for a new engine. It's, Even it's, if it's running well. And, and that is when, right, when we say... No, no, no. no. Uh, he's a, he's a Sitzquayen, though. 
But, right? but I just, I just, I think, I think it's important to explain that the the idea that Porzingis was untouchable, yeah. and is now un, not untouchable, is that enough time has passed, that enough doubt has crept in, that looking back at last season, there were moments where you could say now, oh, maybe we could have looked at what he could have been traded for then. It wasn't realistic then. It never was realistic then. It's probably not even realistic now for the reasons you guys talked about, about a damaged asset. And the, the, the value that you can get from a player is just not going to be what you get at a later point. And, and all these things is, is kind of why the untouchable tag has, has left, but also why even though there are reports, and I believe accurate reports, that Porzingis is a player who is being at least mentioned in these trade discussions... It doesn't mean that he's going to get traded right now, this week, this trade deadline, even this summer. He's not an asset. He's not a player who can get traded. And I will say, for the record, the Mavericks still hope that he is a player that turns out we're set for them. They have a lot of they they've put a we lot into it. this. We saw right. what it looks like when he's healthy and he's out there and, and and things are going good. Like we we've seen it. Right, that that's what he was doing in the Pelicans game uh, about a week ago or and two he weeks awesome, ago. Sorry, right? Like when he looked yeah. great, he the dropped uh, is, thirty plus. But but it's it's the night in night out, right? And and star players are able to do it night in night out. And and I hate to hammer a guy who clearly it's it's a physical problem with. Chris he's he's not, not better. It's he's not, skill, not better, right? Like yeah, it's it's not skill. It's the reason why he's he's not impacting night in night out is because he can't play defense night in night out. He's going to have times where he's going to miss shots and he's going to have games where he goes one of seven from three. But his skill level isn't solely based on three-point shooting. It's based on him being an elite top-tier defender. He and the has pro- to protect the fucking he basket. And, and, he, and he's not doing yeah. that. He's he not doing that. To be, both. Seth yeah, Part, to be both. Seth Partnow laid the numbers out there, man. Like He, he, he has dropped off to... Basically league average, but for a team that doesn't have, like, it doesn't have anyone else who's a great help defender. No, no. And, and, and so, Dave, Dave, run this back real quick. Yeah. Um, as someone who covered has covered the league for a while. Yeah. Well, Porzing- I don't know about a while, but sure. Uh, okay, but long <laughs> enough, long enough that you watch Porzingis in New York. Yeah. Like, just like to your eyes, to your view. What was he as a defender Bro, in New York? How much did he play in New York? Like he played plenty. No, no, no. but so, he didn't. He he really didn't. He missed like an entire season there. He had a a great like two months. And this is why Knicks fans really, really go after Mavericks fans on on Twitter and other social media because you guys like you bought a guy who has this amazing talent that will likely never reach he, it because he of the played, physical he, stuff. He still played 75% of the games and, the first and three years. And he was good. So, so my rundown is essentially... Right before he hurt his knee that last time, right? So so I want to I wanna lay something out, and I want to get you guys' opinions on this. I, I think the one fear with Porzingis is not even so much that he is losing mobility with his injury or, or not that he can't ever retain it. He is clearly a bit less mobile right now than he's ever been. And I think that's where that that is absolutely worrisome in a vacuum. But let's say he gets back to where he was. I think the fear with Porzingis is that modern NBA defenses have already passed him by. That he was never someone who could guard on the perimeter up to the level that is now required, even three years and, later. And that, he's not good enough at drop to be Rudy Gobert or Brooke Lopez. That's what I was right? gonna say. Sure, he needs sure. to be Rudy that, Gobert. But that's the issue. So yeah. You're, and Tim, so, so he was a, is, he was a great shot blocker in yep. New York. He was a great shot blocker. He was because great he's around so the rim. Athletic. 
I don't know how much just even if he gets back to the point that he is a great shot blocker, he is not a great shot blocker right now. That's the issue. If he gets back to that point, is that enough? Is in that Europe, enough to make it in the modern NBA? So in as a Europe, defender, in Europe, as a, and specifically as a defending center, because center is what you base your defensive identity around. In Europe, the athleticism is not the same, and he's still a good athlete in the NBA, right? Like he's a good athlete uh, when he's healthy. He's not a next level athlete like in Europe, like his athleticism really pops off the charts. Like when you watch some of that old film, he stands out partially because he's seven, three and moving the way he did. But but he also is, is a better athlete than most of the guys that he's playing against. But here, that's not the case. And and but but we've seen him be successful even with just. I mean, a slightly above average NBA athleticism. That's that's not the issue. The issue now is there's no availability because he's in and out of the lineup. I mean, he's missing two two nights with back issues. Listen, man, I'm about to turn 40. I get it. Back suck. I couldn't imagine if I was 7'3", how bad my back would be, right? Like, you live a life that's built for people who are my height, 5'9", uh, and you're 7'3". It sounds like it's awful. I mean, it's good for me, but probably stinks for him. Um, so the back stuff is whatever, but he still has just not looked right since coming back from the knee issue. Now I worry about the conditioning, right? Like clearly this, this season, I think we're ultimately going to throw out the window for almost everybody. Nobody looks like they're really in, in excellent shape. And I think in particular for guys like him coming back from an injury, it's been tough to get into basketball condition. You didn't have a training camp. It's not like they're having practices, so he can't be out there running five on five. There's no G League practices for him to even go to. Like the, there's the the, yeah, the G League's in a bubble. Yeah. Well, right, the yeah. infrastructure isn't there. It's tough for these guys to. It's hard. Yeah, it's a really hard for everybody. And, and so I try to think about this. Like if I'm looking at it with a long term lens, I say, do I think Kristaps Porzingis is just the guy that we're seeing right now, night in, night out? And I don't think that's who he is. I'm right there with you. I don't think this is who he is. Like Carlisle said this repeatedly just because he's getting the questions about how, oh, what's going on? What's wrong? It's like, yeah. Just I asked like one you of said, those questions. You did, and Carlisle promptly ripped you because you weren't paying attention to the other press conference okay, on Saturday. Okay, it was over the weekend, and I literally did not have water in my apartment. I had bigger priorities that's that's true we did but, have a but freeze. continue go, go ahead oh, wait, was it was something happening in there North might Te- have been something texas? happening in texas that shut down the entire state yes uh but yeah so that's what that's what rick says a lot it's uh the no training camp the coming back from late sir and he had late surgery and after this injury are think, right and you're right and but coaches are going to think about this stuff and and we i think we need to take him at face value on this because it is such a unique season there are games Back to back to, I mean, it's like boom, 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 boom. It's insane. It's, it's my probably one of the reasons they held him off these two games. He's gotten ten days off where yeah. he can just train and practice. He probably hasn't had that in three months. Honestly, should he even hang play on his balcony the with his girlfriend? Right. Yeah. Like when you look at how he looked in the last couple of games, should he even bother playing until after the All Star game? Like maybe he just needs more time I, because he came back early. He did. Like, I felt yes. like he came back early because this Jaron Jackson had the same injury as him before him. I think it was like a few weeks before. And Jaron Jackson oh, oh, is... All right, but hold on. But Memphis has got the stealth tank going on. They Come have, on, guys. All that's, right. that's true. I, they didn't have the stealth. They, oh, no, no. they want to make no, the no, playoffs. No, they, they, yeah, they, no, no, no. They, they do night. now, though. Uh, here's what I'll tell you. Uh, here's what I'm going to tell you. I, I just... That is a team that... Uh, Memphis. That 
if they win games, it's great. Yeah. That's amazing. Because they've got a great coach. They've got a star in John Morant. They've got a bunch of really good young guys. If they win games, they're happy to do it. They're not tanking. But if they lose, so be it. So They're they're so sneaky at it that you've got them figured out. Because they have good players and they play hard every night, right? (laughs) They might make a play in there. They're they're not sitting guys uh, who don't need to sit. I, I, I actually think that there's a good chance, and I love that you brought up Jaron, because I wonder... If, if Dallas didn't bring back Kristaps too early and if they should have just waited and kept that original timeline where they were saying, hey, February, March. Because that's the thing with Kristaps. He wants to play. That every guy, player right. that, every he, player wants to play. Especially Kristaps, even more than like, um, even more than Luca. He's just like, he's very meticulous about his body and about being on the court and proving it to people. And... He he wanted to play on Christmas. Like he wanted to be there when the when the season started, and he's very much about that. It was even an issue with him, like in New York, about him and like everyone around, like just like when they're gonna play, how he's gonna handle his his rehab, how he's gonna handle his injuries. Um, he is very meticulous about his body, and I think that it kind of affected how soon he came back, and I think that. He's back sooner than he should be. And a meniscus injury, it's a serious injury. What? It's All right, so the, the meniscus is serious, okay? But we talked about this a little bit earlier today, right? He had, he had the least serious type of meniscus injury, Tim. Least, it yeah. Shouldn't affect him. It shouldn't have affected him, at least given our, our understanding of how these work. This shouldn't be something that robs him of athleticism. I mean, you guys have seen the way that he's like, I mean, a, a Spanish bullfighter out there guarding the pick and roll. Okay, I mean, so, he's so very, Dave, Dave, two things. First off, I'm not a doctor. I do want to ask a doctor, what is the what is the understanding of what a meniscus, uh, and, and it is a, to be clear, it is a partial meniscectomy. It means that he had the damaged parts of his ligaments of, of the meniscus removed, only did the damage parts. He still has a lot of meniscus left in there. The meniscus is the shock absorber for the knee. It's an important thing. It's not necessary, but it's important. It will maintain your long-term health on a knee. It, it's definitely good to have. You definitely don't want to get it completely remo- removed, and he wasn't. He he had part of it removed. Uh, that That's the ideal scenario. And, and it does ideally put him back sooner then if they repaired it, don't really know what that means, but I know that is an option when you have damaged meniscus. They, they, they stitch. They actually stitch the meniscus back together Damn. in a repair. That's crazy. Modern it, medicine, y'all. I know. Yeah, but and, that, and then, and and then the other option ideal. is that you could be like Derrick Rose, where you lose almost all of your almost right. all of it is damaged, and you lose pretty much all yeah. of it. And that is that is a full meniscus. With Porzingis, what they did is Never they clip thibs. away. Literally, they trim away the excess stuff that yeah. has like kind of torn. So, so I want to say that I don't know how a player who is a unicorn he has been like like positively referred all of his career as a unicorn because maybe he doesn't exist. By the way, that's stolen <laughs> stolen from Kirk. Unicorns are like beautiful, though we all love them. Yeah, we do. And that's the point. And we and love I mean, the ideal of Porzingis. I think that we need to understand that unicorn has is two sided. It is a two-sided description of a player in both that 
he does things that we've never seen. He has an athletic body type that we have never seen. It also brings with it risks and understandings that we don't fully understand. Um, I'm going to let you guys riff off that if you need to. I just want—I do also want to talk about him We're, as a player. As like, I think I think I don't understand it. Like, I, I've never spent long times with him. I'd love to for for a story. I, I do have some understanding of what he is like a person and, and how I do not think that he is someone who would sit out games willingly if he knew he could play. I agree with that. I, I very I much agree, agree with that. that. Yeah, he, yeah. he wants to play very well. Again, so, so I, me, I think basketball players want to play, right? Like, this is everyone. So so let me talk about that specifically. But you have to protect them. So so my understanding of Chris Porzingis, someone who I'd like to spend more time with, someone who I, I would like to get a better understanding with as a person, is that... I know where he lives. <laughs> We get it. The 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 downtown knower. We can invite writer. him on the pod. He's he not he's, downtown. He's just a few blocks away. Yeah, he, he, it's not far. Like, <laughs> oh, we could walk over there. Oh, all right. I mean, I also it, it, we know this building because it is famously Chandler Parsons' old building. Oh, oh, okay. that is also true. And, and right. not just Chandler Parsons' old building, but a lot of the, dead money in that building. But <laughs> the building Chandler Parsons was in when he took the infamous is is it infamous? Oh, the uh, the fat photo. Oh, yeah. yeah but can I can I call it infamous? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, the infamous fat photo, the fat Instagram, where this guy with pretty much six pack abs just tossed a photo Instagram casually from his balcony apartment after Rick Carlisle said, "I think that Rick, you know, I think that Chandler came into camp kind of overweight." I think anybody would take that opportunity to troll Rick Carlisle with a with an ad. Was it photo. Photoshop though? I don't think I don't think Parsons is good enough at Photoshop for that. I mean, I don't <laughs> we look, we maybe know how much he made, but maybe he had an intern. Uh, an intern from Uptown, maybe I don't know. So, so, so I'm I'm gonna clo- I'm gonna close this loop. Yeah. So, my understanding of of Porzingis, I, I do not, I did not follow him closely enough, New York, to say for sure what he did. Um, I know that Knicks fans have a lot of negative impressions of things he did in New York. I don't know. How do you conflate that or contrast that with the person I've mostly interacted with in Dallas? The person I've interacted with, especially particularly for a star player, someone who had a lot of media attention, someone, someone who consistently throughout his career has always been in headlines, you know, especially being in New York at, at first. He is someone who is more self-aware and self I don't want to say self-conscious, but self, self-intentional, like very intentional. He he, he understands. Seems what like he's a guy who knows uh, who he is. Uh, yeah, he knows who he is, but but he also he's very open. He's he's self-honest. I think I, I think self-aware. Yeah. He's transparent. Yeah, he's transparent. Be, be self-aware, self-honest, transparent. He has all those things. I have never encountered someone who, after a game, will tell you, and, and not just tell you, but walk through you his own thought process. This is why I went seven of nineteen from the field. And he will say, you know, I was thinking this. I came into the game thinking this. And then when the game started, I kind of started thinking this other thing because this is how the defense was playing me. He will then tell you how the defense was playing him. He will tell you how he tried to react to it. And he will tell you why it didn't work. I have never, ever encountered a star who will mentally walk you through what he's thinking and why he did what he did in that manner. And it's specifically related to on the court but but I I just think it's fascinating and I, I think that it it you know also kind of applies to 
why he will not sit out games if he if he can't if he can't right and I, I agree with you there and I and I will tell you the his limitations are not mental right like he's not one of these guys that's uber physically talented but just doesn't have it between the ears right like, and if they are it's him overthinking it, and thinking maybe. too much but if they are and I'm not saying that it is but but he's at danger of of thinking too far there are some clear physical limitations for him right now sorry candace parker's on tv and and completely distracted she has me. a great look going yeah, tonight yeah. the hat uh, is just I, immaculate the, that, the, hat, the like, fit is incredible i mean pretty, candace yeah. parker distracted y'all nikola Jokic distracted me yeah um Jokic. Yeah. all right adam Mares. But, but um i i think that that is it, it's important to remember um I think Porzingis is a very talented player. I don't think anyone can argue with that because we've seen what it looks like at its peak. And it's not a flash in the pan thing, right? It's not a, it's not, and and I I hate to disparage Jeremy Lin, but it's not Lin Sanity. It's this, like, he's a good player at his best. Like, we know, like, he is probably a top 25, top 30 player. At his best. He's an all-star at his best. Well, right, right. That's what he was playing like in the bubble. That's what he was playing. I mean, last, I I keep pointing back to January, February last year when he was so healthy and things were going so well. And then we get the hiatus and, and, you know, then he injures himself. And I think that he's a guy that needs to play to be healthy. I think that's important for him. But obviously there is a limit to how much he can play because you have to worry about the wear and tear. And, and it's. Okay, let's say at his peak, when he's healthy, he can be your your number two guy to Luca. That's great. But if he's only healthy for 60 games and you can't depend on him in April, May, and June, what does that mean going forward? And this is why you're now gonna hear his names in his name in trade rumors, because you need a guy who, yes, can do both. You know, I hate to be cliche, but you need an 82-game guy and you need a 16-game guy. He, it Honestly, it reminds me a lot of Paul George in that the team is very reliant upon his shooting. The team is extreme. This, this team is the more than any team I've ever watched is solely reliant on did you make threes or did you not make threes? Because their best player creates threes that was not me by the way i just want to point this out because i know i've said this every single podcast for the last two months oh they're missing open threes or they're making open threes and i feel like a broken record they they don't have any single player on the team there's no single player on the roster who is good at getting at the rim and finishing at the rim nobody i love Jalen brunson i think he's having an amazing season i think he's maybe their second or third best player right now but even him he's not he's I'm my just, height I, yeah he's not getting to the room and finishing at the room at a high level uh, even, this, is, this is obviously luca aside but it, yes it, it, right, luca right. aside yeah and but even this year luca has not gotten to the room and finished at the level that he did last year last season he was the best getting to the rim finisher in the league he he was he has taken a step back he's taken a step back and a, they, a small a small one but, but you he has can't taken a step have an yes. NBA team that only has one guy that can do it. And As the host, I just have to do basic fact checking. That's good. I, please, please fact I am, check me. I am, I am the cop. I'm, I've been a pandemic. And I don't like it. We've been a pandemic for twelve months. I mean, so I can't you did remember get the anything. National anthem played again, so you are the cop. <laughs> but okay, okay, that's too far, Doyle. Chris Stops is essentially just like a seven-three Paul George. 
in that you're allowing him to make threes, to create some offense. You're not relying on him to get to the rim constantly, but you're relying on him to play defense and be a high-level defender and relying on him on to make shots from the outside and to spread the floor. And if he's not defending the, if he's not defending, like that takes a lot out of what the Mavericks can do because they need somebody who's going to defend at a high level at the center position. And they also need somebody who's going to space the floor and he can do those things when he's healthy. And I think I would, I would like to give him the grace until April, May to see how he's playing in April and May. But it looks bad. When he looks bad, he look. It's just like Paul George. When he's bad, he looks really bad. And 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 I, for the record, I have been told and I've heard and and even on the record, Carla has said the idea is that he will be at his best, like he will be at, back up to speed, in, in in April and May. Like like this is a process with him, and he is a player, whether right or wrong, or or whether you should build around this player or not. He is a player who needs time, who needs to who needs the preseason, who needs the off season. And because they didn't have this, this was, this did affect him. This is the hard part though, right? Because it, you're in the West. This is not, you're not dealing with, Oh crap. Orlando might come up and take my playoff spot. No. Phoenix has already taken your spot. Denver has taken your spot. Portland's taking your spot. Like you're now hoping that you're the seven seed because the top six feels kind of, or top five at least, feels set. They're 500 set. now. Huh? They're 500 now. Yeah, but the top five feels set. No, no, for sure. So, and you don't want to be seven through 10 because do you want to run into, like, let's say they, let's say everything goes right. There's a seven seed and Memphis is a 10 seed. You want to run into Memphis for one game? Right. And that's the scary thing for me. Like the comparison to Paul George, do I want playoff Porzingis? Like a new playoff P? No, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. I don't know what he's going to play like in the playoffs because I've never seen him in the playoffs. I mean, he could I be. Would, I would hey, guess hey, he's going to he be. He could fine. be playoff P. He could be special K. I, I will vouch. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cancel in your own podcast. <laughs> you can't because that was a good joke, and you know it was. <laughs> but 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 seriously though, so we haven't seen him in the playoffs. I mean, he played. I will say he played pretty well. The three playoff, he played a whole playoff game on a bad knee, and he was yeah, like he played two and he was good. Yeah. And, and by the way, you know what? He if he great. had played, I think they win that series Honestly, because yeah. the Clippers, the Clippers, like they caught the Clippers in the worst time for the Clippers. If Marcus Morris doesn't just accidentally bump him in okay. game one, they might win that series. But, but I think that right. I think what happened is people have put too much stock in the series against a team that was also dealing with. It's own stuff. Like the Clippers were not good in the playoffs or in the bubble. Like they had guys who missed chunks of time, guys who weren't healthy. Well, the Mavericks were terrible in the seeding games. No, 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 absolutely. But, but they had their team for, for the playoffs until Porzingis got hurt. Mm -hmm. And so I think that people just saw, wow, they surprised us against the Clippers. And we thought the Clippers were going to be really good, but like we know the Clippers weren't at their potential. And and when we were coming into the season, I kept saying to Tim, I was like, I don't know why everyone thinks Luka is going to win MVP or why Dallas is going to be a top four seed because they didn't really make any changes to their team. They didn't add any more talent and they're not going to have Porzingis for like a month. Um, and then he comes back and he's not great. Here, I want to I close the loop. I want to close the loop on Porzingis and you guys, Austin Doyle, like what is what is your actual opinion take whatever you want to call it what do you feel about the future of him on this team 
you know, this is this is the top of the week. That you know, with with the with the rumors coming in, with just the idea that he generally has not been up to standards, not been up to what the team wanted from him, uh, expected from him. Like, like we, I think that it is reasonable to have some concerns about his health. Is he still a piece to build around? Like, does does it matter? Or because of the contract, because of where they're at, because of what they've paid him, does does it matter? Do they have an option? Do you feel like he is going forwards? The, the second star on this team. I think we do have a little mania about this just because we've been in a pandemic for 12 months. Um, I don't think he suddenly just got zapped and he no longer can defend the rim. He has been bad. He's not a good defender right now. Hey, but he's, he's not healthy. He's not healthy. That's the thing. He's not healthy. And I think there there's no one, there's no player that they can trade him for who can duplicate what he can do at his at his peak there's no one out there that they can go just grab and trade for So you wouldn't want to trade him for james wiseman uh salary filler and picks no but don't don't you doesn't it intrigue you to give luca a legitimate floor spacing vertical spacing big who's 19 years old Ask Steph Curry if he wants James Wiseman or Chris. Okay, but Steph Curry is in a different phase of his career, right? Like, look, I I think if you're Dallas, you should be shopping the hell out of Kristaps Porzingis because if you can get a James Wiseman for him, that's actually good for you long term. It's not good for this year. I love you. We're not getting bogged down on. No, no, we're not going to get KP. Right, right. No, 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 we're not. Golden State's not making that deal. They're not. I promise you, they're not. Okay, let's not get bogged down on it. But what I'm saying is. There are upgrades that are not necessarily better players, but it's thinking long term. And, but this is the difference. If you are ready to go now, Kristaps is your guy because that's your best option because he's in-house. I would say that James Wiseman is a, I like Wiseman, but it's not a sure thing. Not a rumored trade, by the way. It's I just made not, that not up. Not a rumored yeah. trade. And honestly, honestly, a trade that everyone would have to just... It's one of those trades where everyone has a gun up in the room and is waiting for someone to blink because it's, no one. It's that episode of The Office where yeah, you everyone, know. everyone's pointing a gun at someone else. But I think Dave just made that gun. Yeah, motion. his finger guns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And just like Tim was talking about, Chris Stapps in that he's a very self-aware person. He's very, very aware about who he is, how he's getting his shots, how he's playing the game of basketball. He's a person who thinks everything through. He knows he's not playing basketball right now. He's always not. He knows he's not defending well right now. Like no one has to tell him. He's not someone who's just like you have to remind him that he's not playing defense well. He is very intimately in tune with how poorly he's playing, and he has a lot of pride in it. And so he's someone who I'm willing to give the leeway and the space to get healthy and to rebound and to be able to just work out. And get healthy before I make any judgments. Because if you make a trade right now, you're not making a trade for a better player. You're not making a trade for a player that has a higher peak than him. And also, the way the team is built right now, it's built to have Kristaps Porzingis at his peak. It does not work with anybody else. It does not work with Andre Drummond. It does not work with John Collins. It does not work with James Wiseman. It does not work with almost any other big man in the league that's not Joel Embiid or Anthony Davis. I will say Wiseman and Porzingis would be fun.
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so... As we wrap up here, okay, on the state of the Mav, the Mavs, uh, almost at the All Star break, okay, because they people hear us every single week same. saying a lot of the same things. I'll be honest, it's it's a lot of man. If the Mavs would hit open shots, they look like a better team. They hit a lot of open shots last year, and this year they're not. Hey man, I said that last week. I, I, I know. <laughs> hey, Jenna, it, it's my tonight. turn this week. <laughs> well, and. As I said last week, we need Jalen Brunson taking more threes off the dribble. Yeah. But, but I, I, for some outside voices from us, on, looking back on just the first half of the season, because the all-star break is coming up in like two weeks. It's fast. Right? I think that personally, and, and I want your opinion on this, you have to look at this, this first half and you have to say, well, they're about 500. And, and I think that if you had told me that they would miss Porzingis for this much, miss all the other guys for this much, as many games as Maxie's been out and Josh Richardson was out and all of the guys that they've missed, if you said, hey, you've missed this many man games to injury or health and safety protocols, you've not played your best basketball, which clearly they have not at all played their best basketball, but you're still 500 at the break. I think you probably take it as a win. Am, am I just being now too optimistic? No. I think this is about as good as you can hope for for this team. Like, look at what happened to this team. You start with Porzingis not even starting the season, coming back from an injury, working into form. We've gone over that. We haven't even really touched on four five players being out with COVID and then Hardaway was out for a period of that, too, before he moved to the bench. So they're losing their starting five, basically three, every game, every night. And so you're seeing rookies play, which is great, good. I like to see rookies on the floor. Is that a winning combo? No, not necessarily. But here's the thing. Since Richardson has come back, and I think he's kind of the bellwether for this team, if he scores in double digits, the Mavericks win, except for like one game. He had he dropped like 24 against the Suns, and they lost because 
Booker, who we will see in the All-Star game coming up because AD is hurt. I, I will guarantee that one. Uh, hit that crazy three to end the game. I was in the building for that. Wild. But this team is a mess. It has had a mess of a year. And it is only half a season. Like, this team has gone through more in half a season than I can imagine. In a they're up there. They're up there with the Wizards to me, as far as bad luck. It's insane. It's, it's insane. The Wizards, the Heat, and the Mavs. Yeah, they've all faced unbelievable adversity. It's not only just like the COVID. Like this is every team, but. Uh, it was, they've, had, they've had actual injuries as well, right? Actual like, injuries. And, and having your second best player coming off a of surgery it, under these circumstances is not ideal, and I and I recognize that. And, and I so like I know uh, there are times where I go hard. I've gone hard a couple times tonight, yeah. but I'd also recognize the the limitations that they're kind of up against. If you if you told somebody before the season that they're about to reach the All Star break. And Willie Colley Stein is the in the four or five highest two man net rating pairings for the team. You would say the team is probably not doing very well. You would say the team is just like if you said that Luca is going to come into the season. He didn't know that the season was starting in December. He thought it was starting in January, and he's going to be out of shape for a month. And then you told him that Kristaps is going to miss the first ten Wait, games. Wait, is Luca in shape? Uh, he's. Listen, he's in shape. Rounding into shape. I, I'm not going to criticize Luca because he's, it's, it's a he's better shape than Rounding into season. shape sounds like a backhanded compliment. But it's t- it's a tough season. Tough, think about it. Right? No, think no, no. About it. I think it's a tough season to be in shape. It's a yeah. joke on and about in, rounding. And in particular for Dallas where you – I mean, God, they just missed games for weather, right? Yes, like they had a whole week this off. Is, right. They missed eight – they literally had their own all-star yeah. break because right. – our city shut down. Right. And they, they not just the city, a, the state. The, the state. state, yeah. And like they practiced a few times, but like they were just like us in our apartments, hoping that we would have power and water. And some of them didn't. They moved them didn't. They moved them to hotels because some Dude, of them didn't. I like, love to I, have an unregulated energy grid. Right. Like I can't. Like, how, how can I be mad at Dorian for missing five threes in the last ten games when his girlfriend is hey, pregnant? Hey, if you right. ever seeing Aircot again on this podcast, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm gone. We're not Aircot. singing Aircot. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> it's a one of one season. It is a one of one season. Like that. So I think that that sort of perfectly encapsulates. Everything I feel, not just about the scene. I mean, you guys know, I cover every team, right? Like, I think overall for this season, it is a one-of-one season. And so as much as I want to just after every game say, well, this is the big problem with this team. This is what they need to fix. I think we the stuff that they need to fix is apparent, but it's the same stuff that they need, they, they needed to fix last year. There's nothing new that they need to fix. Porzingis didn't get worse. He just isn't healthy. And so maybe by next year, when things start to normalize, you get the guy that you paid for. But then guess what? You're entering the third year of the contract. And there are realities that are mandated kind of by the CBA. And so that's when you start thinking about, hey, listen, the Warriors Maybe they could use Porzingis. If Porzingis is a less important player for a team, him being healthy matters less. 
And when he's available, he's a boon. The Mavericks need him. They need him out on the court. They need him at 100%. And they don't have that right now. But I do, like, I think that you saying it's a one-of-one season is the perfect moniker to put on it. It is unique. And and I have a, have a final closing thought. It's just that I've written about sports since, oh, I don't I even know. I found out today that Tim Cato has written about sports since he was in high school. Like, yeah. I, and I want everyone to know that uh, I, I respect Tim so much as a writer and, and have learned, a, I've learned a lot about covering the NBA from Tim, despite our age difference. Um, but I had no idea that he was covering the Mavericks when he was in high school. So I met Tim because we were covering the UNT Mean Green basketball team. He was still in college. I had been since graduated from college for several years when uh, Tony Mitchell former NBA great of the Detroit Pistons. Great. Great dunker. Yeah, absolutely. Was was there. And uh, that's how I met Tim. Many, many, many moons have passed since then. These, these are all true stories that I can confirm uh, through reporting. Austin, would you like to throw in a, a story? <laughs> I mean, I only have post-college Tim stories, but I, I won't you have air them out. You college. You have a, you have a, I have a few the final in semester. I, anyway, I don't, I don't want to get belabored with um, me and Austin driving up to Denton together as in, in my final year as I, as I lived abroad. And by abroad, I mean Dallas. <laughs> no, so... I've covered in, I've covered basketball for a long time, um, for for over a decade. If you really count all that experience, one thing that I've realized over the years is that you really have to take the experiences and the observations that you you see and you learn throughout a year, and you use those to analyze the following season. And each time you kind of build on your season. And I, I think that is a reason why, you know, someone who's only watched the NBA for one season is not going to have the same type of opinion or, or same level of analysis as someone who's covered it for 10 years. I, I think that's pretty, like, logical and, and simple. I just don't think that anything about this season, anything, I, I, just, I, I just don't feel that this season can be judged based off past seasons. It's what I do for every season. It's always how I've learned to cover the NBA. I worked at SB Nation as a full-time writer. I worked at The Athletic for two seasons as a full-time Mavericks beat reporter. This season is different. This season is weird. This season does not compare to previous seasons we've had. And I don't know how to convey that other than to repeatedly say that. It's, it's, not, a, it's not an easy or simple thing to say that what you're seeing on the court, even though it looks the same... More or less, there's still 10 people. There's still one basketball. The The court is the same size, but it's different. There is something different about it, and I don't know how to convey that other than to just repeatedly say that. And even, and even as someone who you know has been a fan of, in some sort of this team, who is a fan of other sports teams, it's not an acceptable excuse for someone who bases a lot of their emotions onto a team. If you're a fan of this team, I get that you can't just say, "Oh, they lost some games because this season is weird." That's not a fair thing to say. I just don't know how to say otherwise that like that's why it's happening. And that's the reason. And it's it's it it leaves us in an impossible conundrum 
in terms of where the season is at. I also just think that um, overall, shit is just weird for everybody. Shit is weird. Everybody's everyone's going through it. I, I was gonna say, yeah, everything's a shit show. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I've tried to talk about this with. I mean, Tim and I talk about this a lot, not on the podcast, but like. I mean, this is just going to be a season where some guys are fine and some guys aren't. And maybe that's what we're dealing with. And, and I don't know. And, and I mean that physically and mentally, right? Because clearly the biggest issue right now for for Christoph Sporzingas is physical. When he looks good, he's looked good. When he's being aggressive, like you know he feels good because he's out there and he's gunning. Right, like you know, early when, when like, oh, this is going to be a good Kristaps game. Yeah, he wants it. Right. Well, I think he. All right, and and this is and this is important. I think he wants it every night. It's when, can he bring it? And and this season in particular, I think it's just going to be tough for guys coming back from injuries. And J, I, I, you mentioned Jaron earlier, Jaron Jackson. And I wonder when we watch him come back post All Star, if we see a guy who's more ready to be back. Because he took the extra time. And, and this does remind me of when I talked about effort, I, I think probably two pods ago. It, honestly, maybe I better portrayed it in this semi-rant. It's just that the idea that effort means a player is not mentally into it or or otherwise. Anyway, it, we can talk about it. You know, Dave, 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 we, we can talk about day. this at a later point. We could go I would day. love to talk about this at a later, later point. We're going to. You know what? Right now, we're going to say thank you, Austin. Thank you, Doyle. Thank you. Closing thoughts, and by thoughts, I mean you got a sentence. For, for you guys, not us, because we, oh, we talk we, enough. We can yeah. talk plenty. We talk enough. So, uh, Austin, please uh, give us just closing thoughts on the first half of the Mavs, for the Mavs generally. Give us a word. Give us five words. They survived. They survived. I- it's, this was a big thing, though. It sounds kind of like you're talking about yourself. They survived. It's honestly playing 72 games in a pandemic and trying to keep your wind and stay motivated in a place with no crowds and no outside energy. It's why we saw so many weird blowouts start the season. Have you ever related more to an NBA team? Yeah. I, this is the most I've ever related. We're just like... Every week where you just end the week and you're just like, you're good, you're alive, and you, it's a little better than it was before, they survived. I think this this is a team you have to judge post-All-Star break and not pre-All-Star break. There's just, there, there are no good evaluative, um, qual- there's no good way to quantify their first half of the season and all of their net ratings, all of their numbers are just skewed by just the absolute randomness of this first half. Doyle, go and do not mention that rating. I mean, I got to say that that's tough to follow. But uh, yeah, this entire NBA season has been one that I've questioned thoroughly. And just right and left, how they've handled it. And the team's, I can't even imagine what they're going through with so many players missing so much time just because there's a pandemic so for the Ma- Mavericks to like be at 500 as we record this podcast, I think that's a win. Honestly, like Luca, it looks healthy. Uh, there's a lot of questions other than that, but like that's the guy you don't want to want 
want to have questions no. about. Luka looks like a top five player. Easily. Right. And, and I think that that is the biggest takeaway that you can get. Right, Tim? Come on, Tim. Tim. Rolling his eyes over there. He looks I'm like a top five player. You gave me the wrap-up signal 10 I minutes did ago. I give you the wrap-up signal. But, but this is what happens when you start, like, when you get a little bit esoteric and you start thinking, sure, like, where's this guy's place in basketball? Because ultimately, that's what matters most for the Mavs. Like Luka Doncic, I, I think you know this is a tier one A guy. This is a top five, top seven, whatever you want to call it. He's in that LeBron, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. Like he's in that range. He is a guy who can be the best player on a championship team. We see it every freaking night. He controls the pace of the game in a way that stars do. Like, and I don't just mean regular stars. I mean upper echelon stars. And so I can understand the frustration of you've got this guy. Now, how do you build around him? But Tim, when I'm looking back on this first half, okay, when I, as we close out, when I'm looking back on this first half, what I am struck by is the lack of help on the high end. It's not the role players on this team that aren't doing their jobs. Okay. It's Chris Tops. And we're going to blame it. On, I, I'm very happy, Tim, to blame it on the injury. Okay? I'm, I'm happy to do that. But at some point, you also have to produce. And so in the second half, Tim, in the second half, Tim, Preach. we need production. The Dave, Dallas Dave. Mavericks and Luka Doncic, they need production, <laughs> Tim. Production, Tim. Dave. When production, you say production, Tim. what I think you're really talking about is you need a producer. That said, I've truly, truly enjoyed this podcast. It's important and good to get new voices. I want to do this more often going into the future. And Doyle, Austin, I really appreciate you guys hopping on. Dave, it has been, I want to say it's been a pleasure to see you face to face. You know it has. I want to say that. But, you know. Beer inspiration. Oh, man. That's what it's been. It's, it's a little, little too long for my liking. But, but in all sincerity, uh, thank you listeners for bearing through with us for a chaotic, but, but I think appropriately so, version of 77 Minutes in Heaven. And we will be back next week for more. He, he, he did. He did. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.